Well, welcome this morning, church. It's good to be with you as we uh, as we are gathered here today. Um, we're going to talk about a specific passage in uh, Ephesians this morning, but um, I've been looking for a story to start this like all week, and it finally came. I had like six, and there's six written down on my paper, but I just remembered a, a very uh, funny thing that I experienced with a group of teenagers um, a couple years ago um, in our in our old church. We loaded up the church van with the uh, 11 or 12 um, uh, country teenagers, and we headed off to the big city of Oklahoma uh, City, right? And we um, we had a bunch of stuff lined up. It was a mission trip. We were going to go serve um, in many different places, uh, experience God in new ways, and, and also experience the world in new ways. We were in a, a town of uh, 300. Pastor Stephanie talked about that um, last week, and so um, these students uh, needed a little bit of, uh, of broader broadening the horizon so to speak. So we planned um, some fun but also interesting things downtown Oklahoma City um, and, and going to soup kitchens and things like that to kind of open their eyes to different things. They experienced um, uh, they experienced um, some pretty uh, ruckus things as a, as a gentleman tried to stab another gentleman with a spoon. Um, at the, uh, at the, the place we were, we, were, we were at, that was uh, pretty exciting for the day. Um, but one of my favorite parts that I'll always remember of the mission trip is just walking downtown um, to the restaurant that we were going to one night. It was like a spaghetti place. I don't know. It was cheap. And I'm cheap. And so we took uh, the kids to the spaghetti place. But I remember um, getting out of the van a couple blocks away and, and walking downtown. We we're just going to walk around for a little bit until we, we, we got there. And, I, and I, as I stood, stood back towards the back and kind of let them explore uh, and, and, and walk around, I noticed something. And what I noticed was absolutely shocking. I never thought about it before. But these students didn't know how to walk on a sidewalk. Right? They didn't. Like they were, there were people coming and they would just like walk right in front of them. And there were some collisions um, at times. And I, would, and I would say, guys, come on, use your heads. And they had no clue what I was talking about. Like maybe they thought I was going to, they were supposed to headbutt people. I don't know. But they, they would, they just kept doing it. And there was no like, like this thought that we should stay on this side of the sidewalk so other people could stay on this side of the sidewalk. And, and some of them were, just weren't paying attention. They were just looking down or they were looking up or they were looking everywhere, and they were having like major collisions with people, so we had to stop and have a come-to-Jesus moment and teach them how to walk on the sidewalk because they didn't have sidewalks, right? They didn't know what it, what it meant to walk down the city sidewalk. That sometimes that, that we've got to learn what it means to walk uh, in life. And so as we come to our passage today, the first verse in our passage says this, look carefully then how you walk. Paul's instructing this church, look carefully then how you walk. Maybe maybe some of us, we've got sidewalks in Mountain Home. They're kind of bumpy and cracky and you can trip anyways. But uh, we know how to walk on a sidewalk, but some of us have discovered texting and texting and walking is not our, our friend. Did you know that this was a thing? That people are dying, like literally, people are dying. It says 6,000 deaths in 2017 from people walking. They call it distracted walking, right? 
People are falling in fountains. I was going to show you a YouTube video, but I decided not to at the end. There's a YouTube video that they did a remix, and it's this lady at the mall, and she's texting and walking, and she fell in the fountain, right? And so the, the remix is, do not text and walk. Like, I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. Do not text and walk, right? People are dying. We are distracted. Like, even in our, even in our walking we are distracted. So Paul starts off this whole thing. I want you to have that image in, in your mind of, of walking and navigating life. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. So if you have your Bibles with you today, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We've been in the book of Ephesians uh, for a couple uh, of weeks, months now, um, walking, walking together um, through this book. And, and the book of Ephesians is pretty awesome. The first, first couple of chapters um, in the, this book are pretty amazing and full of amazing things that God has done for us as his children. How God has loved us before the creation of the world. How he chose us and adopted us bringing us into the brand new family, how he gave us a life when we were spiritually dead, how he sealed us with, with the Holy Spirit. Incredible uh, things as, as we move through the, these chapters of Ephesians. And then we get to chapter four and it starts this kind of new pattern and this new way of looking things, and it's, and it's more focused on the way in which we live. Paul starts chapter 4 with, with this verse. Um, it says, I, I, therefore, prisoner for the Lord, he's in prison, right, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called. We're to walk worthy because we have been made worthy in, in Christ. Paul's talking very practically about what it means to walk as Jesus followers in everyday, uh, ordinary life. And we get to some, some interesting things on how we carry ourselves and, and how we treat one another and how we're to interact with others who have encountered Jesus and, and those who haven't encountered Jesus. And the truth is, is that this life is not always easy, right? When we, we talk about walking in the way of the Lord, we know that it's not easy. Some of us have lived um, and walked with Jesus for a long time, and you will testify that it's not easy being a Christian, right? There, there are times where it's, it's really difficult. Some of the times it's really difficult because um, it's, it's not the way of the world. It's countercultural. It's different, right? It's not, it's not what the cool kids are doing. And so you've got to make decisions that kind of put you at odds with, with other people, and that, and that makes it hard. But, but a part of that is, is that we know that we're not to walk as everybody else. We are the peculiar people of God, which, remember, when I say peculiar, I mean weird. I've said that multiple times. You, we, are the weird people of God. We're to be set apart for God. We're to be different in the ways in which we, we live, in the ways in which we walk in this world. We are not normal. Normal isn't working, right? Normal hasn't worked. We are not normal. We're to live differently. So we come to this word of God today with open hearts, looking for clear direction in the ways in which we're to go. 
So if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, we're starting Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. I apologize already. I chose a version that we didn't have on our, on our, our slide thing. So I apologize. It'll be a little bit different. Uh, but if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen a little bit differently on the screen. But hear this, the word of the Lord. Uh, from Ephesians chapter 5, it says this. Look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Well, I have to admit this morning, I really like um, the simplicity of of verses and and, and pericopes, chapters or little sections um, like this. Like it's it's the the contrast that gets me. Remember, I'm a, I'm a simple uh, mind kind of uh, of guy, and so I see here, and, and I and I automatically pick up on three things that that Paul is con- giving us some contrast, right? Showing us one way, and then showing us uh, another way. Uh, for example, in, in verse 15, it says, "Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but wise." There's a contrast there. It's possible for us to live an unwise life, right? It's possible for us to do things that are not wise. And all the people said amen because they see them themselves, but they also see this in the person sitting next to them, right? Like we, we kind of live in that, in that tension. We see, we see things and we say, oh, you're so stupid, right? And then the next time we do the same thing, right? We see things, and when it's outside of us, we can see the unwiseness of it. But when it comes to us, we have sometimes a hard time seeing um, these ways. We need to be taught. We need, we need God's direction in this. So it's possible to live an unwise life, but it's also, but, there's the but, it's also possible to, for us to live a life that is full of wisdom. Verse 17, another contrast. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's possible for us to understand what the will of the Lord is in our lives. But it's also possible for us to to be foolish and to live foolish lives. Verse 18, another contrast, don't get drunk with wine, uh, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got the opportunity to be filled with wine, or we've got the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, these two fillings will get you different places, right? You will find yourselves in different places based on on these uh, two uh, fillings. But we are called to live in contrast to the normal, right? We, we talked about that. You are weird. You are different. You are not um, what everybody else is doing. You are not normal. Normal isn't working. And normal, frankly, isn't the way of God. But, but it's a difficult thing. As we talked about, it's not the way of God, but it's also difficult because if we're not to walk in the ways that everybody else walk is walking, then we understand that there's going to be need to be some changes in the way that we walk, right? If we come into this, 
thinking that everything's just going to be the same and, and we're just going to do what we've always did, then we're going to be sadly mistaken and things are going to be very difficult for us. But if we come into this with open hearts, thankful for a God to, that leads, that it, that it might still be hard, but it will be good. Some of us that have followed Jesus for a long time, we recognize, and I usually use the word com- confrontation or intersection, we recognize these intersections where we are walking in a way and, 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 and the Holy Spirit brings us to a place where we're confronted by God's love for us and we're shown a different way, right? Have you been to those places? If you, you've been in this life a long time, maybe those, those things have become a little easier, right? You've let your, your guard down uh, against the Holy Spirit. Like you, you're just open to those things. You walk in the way, you realize you've done something that you shouldn't have done. You realize you've stepped into a place that you shouldn't have stepped in. You realize that you came into something with an attitude that you shouldn't have had. And the Holy Spirit brings us to that intersection where we're confronted by God's love and we're shown the ways in which we we've been and we're asked and called and invited to a different way and we say all right let's do it let's roll and we make that we make that adjustment but others of us this is new and so there's some growing pains that are involved that we come to that intersection and automatically our guard comes up and we say well i've been doing that way forever That's how it's always been. That's how I've always seen that. That's how I've always entered that situation. And and it's a difficult place to be. But over time, the more that we say yes to the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life, the more that we walk in the ways of Jesus. But it is not easy. We think about this. We think about one of our core values is this idea that we, we don't stay the same. I think that it is impossible for us to be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance in our lives and for us to stay the same for an extended period of time. I have not seen that uh, in my own life. I have not seen that in, in, in the lives of the people around me. If we're truly open to God's guidance, like if you're not having some of those teachable moments, right, directional changes, then we need to reevaluate something. Right? If we're not having those, those times where God calls us to something better or calls us to a deeper understanding of restoration or calls us to, uh, to, to step out in faith and to restore a, a relationship or calls us to do uh, hard things and, and, and if we're not, we're not facing those, then, then maybe we need to, to, to stop and to pause and, to, and to, to, to heed Paul's advice and to look closely at the ways in which we're walking. And that, that goes for me, too, right? This has been a, a week where I live this passage because I can't take you places to, in which I haven't been. And so we, we come to these places and we, we recognize that we are not people that stay the same. As I was thinking through this process, I was thinking that, that most of these intersections start with these mirror moments, you ever had those moments where you like see yourself? It's like a it's like a, a thing that 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 God uses other people to do sometimes. God uses my wife, she's my mirror. Poor you bless her, right? You should give her a hug afterwards, right? That where she she says, Thomas, that's my real name. <laughs> you know, you're doing this and this and this, and it's just not right. 
right? Like that's the mirror part. And we have people in our lives that, that have that relationship with us that tell us when we're being jerks. Right? Tell us when we, we've gone off the rails or we're, 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 we're looking at something differently and, and, and call us to evaluate. Or Scripture does this all the time, right? It's, the, it's that mirror, again, where we see where, where God, who God is and where God is going and where God is leading us. And we recognize that, that this is where it is and, and this is where I am. And, and there's, some, there's some directional changes that, that, that are, need, are needed. As I've started uh, coaching at the high school this last week, I, I, I've, I've noticed that like some old patterns and some things that I learned a long time ago from other coaches are starting to come out, like old, old goofy sayings, right? Like I've became my high school football coach, which I don't know, it's like becoming your mom. I don't know, it's weird, <laughs> right? But I, I, I gather them at the end and I say, look, this is where we are and this is where we want to be. And so we've got to do things differently if we want to get to this place, right? This is the same thing that which God leads us to. This is where we are, and this is where I want you to be, which is good, but there's some directional changes that are needed. We say it with the football guys, a phrase that I've told you before. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got, right? So it's time to work harder. It's time to do what I say. Good day. Do what I say. Not, not that we're still talking about the football guys, right? It's, it's time to dig a little deeper and give a little more. It's, it's time to take this seriously. If this is where we want to be, then we've got to do things differently. We can't stay the same. And so when we talk about this, we, our prayer is, is that, Lord, we, we want to walk in your ways. We want to be your people more and more. And each and every day, I want to be confronted by your love for me. And I want you to invite me down those paths that lead to restoration. And I am, I am your son, or I am your daughter, and I will, I will go where you call me to go, right? If this is where you want me to be, I can't, like, remember we sang the, the, the impossible song, Nothing is Impossible? Like we, we believe that for everybody else. Now, I'm speaking. But we have a hard time believing that for us. Right? The self-talk that, that some of us experience is not the same as what we proclaim with our voices on Sunday morning. We say nothing is impossible, but when we, we look at the gap, we look at the d- divide, we throw our hands up, and we say, that's impossible. But, but we, we, we have this, and one of the parts of, of, of being a coach is that, that, yeah, you're here, Sonny, and we want you to be here, and, and these are the things that you're going to do that you need to change to get to this place, but, but one of the biggest parts of that is I'm going to help you get there, Right? Like, as your coach, I'm not just going to say, go do it and make it happen, and that's it. But I'm going to be with you at part of this process. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you every day. I'm going to dive into the discipline of what it means to, to, to live in this way. I'm going to be present with you and help to shape you in this way. And it's the same with God. Here's, here's the gap, and here's the divide. This is where you are, and this is where we want you to, to move towards, and we want you to be. But you don't just got to figure it out on your own. But God is with you in this process. It is not impossible. Is it hard? Is it going to be difficult for your, 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 your stretching and your growth to say yes to these, to, to these paths? Absolutely. 
It may be incredibly difficult, but God is with us in this process. In the, in the, the moving and the growth and the walking, look carefully how you walk, Paul invites us to do. To do. Examine how you walk. Stop and pay attention on how you walk. Look at how you're living, loving, and interacting. Why? Because those who have met the Savior can still live unwise lives. Those, that, those of us that have met Jesus can still live. Remember, there's that contrast. We can still live in ways that are, that are unwise. Uh, this calls to mind a few verses from the book of First uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter nine, where Paul's holding up um, uh, this this uh, like athletic metaphor. Um, and I didn't mean for this to be like an athlete sermon. If it is your first Sunday, it's not athlete sermon. We don't do those every Sunday, right? But uh, he's holding up this metaphor because they're uh, the people that are that, that are in this place. They're used to seeing the athletic games, like Olympic style. Think Olympic style uh, games in, in Greece, and and they're here. And and he and he holds this up, and he says this in uh, chapter nine, verse twenty-four, First Corinthians. Uh, do you? not know that a race and all the runners run but only one receives the prize so run that you may obtain it right with purpose every athlete exercises self-control in all things that they do it to receive a perishable wreath right they do it to receive that trophy or that ring that sits on your shelf and you never see again they do it to, to to get these perishable things but we an imperishable so do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Yeah, Paul's holding up this mirror, giving this, this image saying that this is not an aimless life. Like you don't just like just come into this and just like just stroll around and do whatever. This is not aimless, and it's going to take some self-discipline, and it's going to take some self-control, and it's going to to, to take some of these things. And, and here's the, this mirror. So stand back and examine your life and see what's going on, and don't walk with your head down. Don't walk aimlessly. If you're going to run the race, then run the race, right? If you're going to if you're going to do that, then run to 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 win, and and not just to just to get a whatever, just walk around. They they are called to examine the ways in which they are are living. So Paul continues, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. We could talk about this all day, but we won't. Even back then, people are dealing with, with time and the best use of it. So you are not alone. Paul continues, verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you flip through your Bible today or if you got on the Google and you searched like uh, foolish people in the Bible or foolishness in the Bible, you're going to get like huge lists of, of, of examples of foolish living. We are given example after example of what it looks like to be a fool, like another one of those mirrors, I suppose, where if you read it, you might recognize some stuff in yourself, in which I did this week because I read a lot of them, right? It's kind of like those old school jokes. Do you remember the, the old Jeff Foxworthy stuff? Like, you might be a redneck if. You know those? 
Like some of us didn't get any of those jokes. Some of us got a lot of those jokes, right? Like you might be a redneck if you mow your grass and you find a car, right? Or you might be a, <laughs> you might be a redneck if you own more than three T-shirts with no sleeves. Right? There we go. We gotta see. See, that's what we do. We say amen, right? We, we recognize it. So uh, when we look at all this foolishness stuff and we, we see these examples, there might be time where we raise our hand. Some of us in shame, right? Where we, we raise our hand, we recognize some of that might be in, in my life. And so those are mirrors. Examples are you might be foolish if you, in Proverbs 1, despise wisdom and instruction, You don't want people to instruct you in the way to go. You don't want any of that. This is your life. You you despise that kind of stuff. Or Proverbs 12, that you always think you're right. My wife has held up that mirror many a times. Or Proverbs 18, that you like to express your thoughts and your opinion. The foolish express their thoughts and their opinion, but they care little about others' thoughts and others' opinion. Or uh, the super heaviest one that I found was actually in Psalms. And, 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 it, and it says this, that, that you might be foolish if you declare in your hearts that there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. This is someone that's, that, that's willingly living outside of, of God's direction and, and guidance because they don't even uh, want to acknowledge that there is a God. So we're living outside of God's direction or God's guidance. We're living outside of the knowledge of what God wants for all of creation, but also what God wants for, for them as, as a human, as a child of God. That, that it's like a declaration that I'm going to live life my own way. At the first funeral I ever did, I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't old enough to drive the church van. You had to be like 25 to drive the church van. But the first funeral I did, it was for a, a, a really um, scruffy old guy named Merrill that I connected with a lot. And I, and I would go and visit him, and, and we would talk, and he, he, we would we just spend a lot of time together. And, and one day I went to visit, and uh, he had passed in the night. So I remember sitting there thinking about Merrill's funeral. We had talked about that, that funeral and, 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 and remembering the songs that he wanted in, in, in those plays. And he was a gruff dude, and he was even gruff with the preacher. There was no, like, clean it up for the preacher man type stuff, which I appreciate, right? And so one of the songs in that situation was the, the, the old Frank Sinatra song, I Want It My Way, or I Did It My Way. How many of you know that song? Yeah, super cute song, just not the way of Jesus, right? Like, like uh, not the way of Jesus. And it was evident as I sat uh, there preparing to get up on the stage for the funeral, it was evident that he did it his way. And it was evident by the brokenness and the foolishness that was, was happening in this whole situation with family and, and friends and, and just relationships that were all jumbled and mumbled as, as half the family literally left during the funeral to go and steal stuff from the home, right? Like, it was evident. 
And one of the lines of the song says, I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this. Somebody sing it for me. Uh, I'm not going to do it. There you go. I did it my way, right? It's this, it's this life that, that says that, that it's going to be it's going to be my way and I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it and I don't want any direction. I don't want any guidance. I'm just going to make it happen on my own. I'm just going to do what I feel is right or I'm just going to, we, we've got a bunch of sayings like that in our society. I'm going to follow my heart or I'm going to do the, these things. It's not the way of Jesus. It's a cute song, but it's, it's not the way of Jesus. It's not the, the, the guidance and the direction that the Holy Spirit gives us. The, the guidance and direction that the Holy Spirit gives us is not your idea. It's not your way. It's God's way. So rather than do it my way, I'm going to seek to understand what the will of the Lord is. There's that contrast. I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way or I'm going to seek to understand what God's will for my life is. It is, And just by Paul saying this, which he says in a couple other places, that we know that God's will is knowable and that God wants us to know God's will for our lives. God wants us to know the direction in which he calls us. That's why he's given us this constantly communicating guide in the Holy Spirit that through God's grace, that he's gone ahead of us and is inviting us down these paths that lead to restoration. So Paul's just laying it out very practically, step by step. Look carefully how you walk. Be wise. Don't be unwise. Use your time well because the days are evil. Don't be foolish and do your own thing, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then we get to this last part of this section, and Paul shows us the importance of of living in this way, of living as people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, not of wine, but are filled with the Holy Spirit, and what that might look like. And so he starts this, this section with these verses, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with, all, with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Christ. Don't get drunk with wine. It's a pretty clear command, right? It's an imperative. It's a, it's a, it's a command. It's, a, it's something that we are not to do because that is not good. That is something that, without a doubt, leads to foolishness. There was a bunch of foolishness going on in my house, around, around my house the other night, and last night as I was sitting in my family room, and I could hear the foolishness outside, and I was thankful that I was in a nice, cool house. Right? It's, not, it's not a place that we want to go. So, so don't do that. But here's the contrast. But be filled with the Spirit. Do you see the, the parallel there from the day of Pentecost where they say, oh, they're just drunk, right? And they were reminded it's nine in the morning, right? The, the spirit falls on them and, and the people that are gathered around say they're just a bunch of crazies and they're just drunk. So we have that, that contrast that, that you're not to be filled with wine, but you're be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and he continues in verse 19 to 21 to show us and to shape our imagination of what that might look like in our lives, and it has to do with with a couple different things. One, it has to do with our posture towards God and our worship with God, but it, it involves one another, right? It, it's the first one is worship. 
addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalm, songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart. At first, it sounds like a real-life musical. Right? And I don't dig real-life musicals. Some of you do. Pastor Stephanie took me to, what's that, Joseph in the Technicolor, whatever. And uh, we were in this big place, and, and the guy comes out for the first time and starts singing. And I leaned over and said, is this a musical? <laughs> I try to be fishing during those moments. I, that's, that's not my thing. Like, I don't want to come. And, and, and uh, like, we're not going to have an all-day musical where we float around. But what this is, is worship. I don't dig musicals, but I do dig worship with you. People that have, have experienced the, the love and the restoration of God. I'll sing all day if you want me to. But uh, this, is, this is not just about singing. This is about worship. That, that it comes from us just standing in rows and singing to, to, to gathering in circles and living life together. That we might live in such a way that our hearts cry out to God. That, that our hearts would sing to God. And we, I like that part because it doesn't involve my voice or my mouth. I'll do the hard thing, and, and, but, but we're here, and this is a, is a reminder of worship. But it's also a reminder of togetherness. Notice that the first one it says is, is that we are going to uh, come and address one another in psalms and, and hymns, the original psalms, songbook, like psalms. And we know that psalms are just not full of like awesome things and everything's awesome, but psalms are full of great vulnerability. And great honesty and great just this wide openness that I'm going to express um, what, it, what it feels like in many different situations. That we don't come just and everything's all great and peachy and, and there's butterflies floating around the sanctuary. But we come in, in great honesty that, that life does not look the way that we want it to look sometimes. Not all is restored. We, we are advancing in the kingdom of God that is not fully here yet. All that restoration that we long for is not at the moment yet. So we come in vulnerability in our worship. And then the next one is, is verse 20, that we give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We realize and we are shaped to be people of, 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 of thankfulness, of gratitude. It's really easy as it's just really easy to, to come to a place, especially when life is good, this is our temptation, to say that I got me here, right? Or it's even, maybe we don't express that. We've been in, in the church too long and we, we won't express something like that, but we will express like it was a good decision that I met Jesus and, and I got me here or Jesus got me. Right? Like we still, we still hinge it on the, the thought that we're the ones that approached Christ and we're the ones that gave our life to Christ without recognizing, without God's grace, we could not approach Christ. That make sense? N nothing could, could get you to that place. You can't even come to a place of, of asking for Christ's forgiveness without God's grace. We call that God's provenient grace, grace that goes before salvation, grace that enables us to even think about these things, to dwell on these things, that God's grace is already active in every single person's life, whether you think they're the greatest person in the world or you think they're the worst person in the world. 
So we are people of gratitude, recognizing that we could not be in this place without God, period. It strips the, the, the pride from us. It strips the, 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 the idea that we have made something of our lives and we recognize that we are to be thankful to God in all these things. As our band comes, we, we take this opportunity to do exactly what Paul asks us to do. Like, look, evaluate, take the opportunity to, to stop before we, we start our day, before we start our week, to, to, to ask these things. Or would you show me the ways in which I'm slipping into the patterns of this world without even knowing it? May, may you, through the guidance of, of, our Holy, of the Holy Spirit, may you help me to look carefully at how I'm walking. May you show me the times in which I'm doing my own thing, my own way. May you call me to seek your will. So we pray that this would be that space. That we pause in these moments as we uh, come to, to this time of, of worshiping, acknowledging God's action in our lives. May we be open to the Holy Spirit this morning. May you help us as we go from this place to uh, look at our lives carefully and the ways in which we walk. Lord, may you uh, lift up some mirrors, maybe, if they're needed. May you call us in uh, different directions. May you steer us clear from those ways of brokenness. Lord, in it all, may you remind us that you are present with us, that nothing is impossible with you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Please stand to receive the benediction this morning. If you're new with us, we we do this uh, every week. Um, just a blessing to send you from this place, but we also do it that we might adopt this posture um, that some of us, uh, and probably most all of us, don't like this posture very much. Um, but we pray that this will be our posture towards a God that loves us. So as you go from this place, may you, may we be open to the Holy Spirit to look and to evaluate and to see our walk. And when we remember that God is with us and nothing is impossible, may you go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.